welcome aboard to India's very first aviation podcast, Airworthy Talks by Uran Aviation Academy. I'm your host, Shubhashish Modak, aviation trainer by profession and sustainability educator at heart. Me and my team at Uran Aviation Academy are on the mission of trimming down the industry academia gap in the aviation sector. At Uran, we offer everything ranging from diverse upskilling courses to virtual workshops and from aviation news to podcasts. For opening the first episode of Airworthy Talks, we are here with the theme, Crafting Careers in Aerospace Engineering. We have with us Mr. Arjun Vijay Narayanan, Aircraft Certification and Integration Engineer at Visat. He is also a technical advisor to plethora of aviation companies across different technical disciplines. Now, Arjun is also an excellent mentor to budding aviation professionals and is actively engaged with Dweebs Global and Space Kids India to nourish the young minds in the field of aerospace and aviation. Today, Arjun will be talking us to the million dollar question on how someone can craft an airworthy career in the field of aerospace engineering. Arjun, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me, Subhashis. Uh, I am really looking forward to this uh, podcast. Thank you so much for the invite and the introduction. Thank you. Thank you, Arjun. We are glad to have you with us. And um, obviously, it's the aviation fraternity as well, which is always caught in this dilemma as to, uh, you know, what are, what are the or how aviation industry works on a day to day basis. Who are the behind the scenes heroes who are making this industry work 24 into 7? And there is one of this job which comes to everyone's mind is aerospace engineering. And we have got the likes of Elon Musk taking it till the level of Mars and beyond. So definitely this is something which is definitely on the minds of our young AV geeks and they would want to sort of learn more from you as to what it is. So my first question to you is, what is the day in the life of an Arjun like? Or what is the day in the life of an aerospace engineer generally is? So I'll probably start off with my job role, uh, which is the aircraft certification and integration engineer. And what I do in Viasat is we provide satellite communications and in-flight entertainment to aircraft, airlines in the uh, aeronautical industry. So what I do here is I work as a project engineer, which means that I would be interacting with customers uh, who wants our system to be integrated on their aircraft. Uh, I would be working with suppliers uh, who would be you know, supplying products to Viasat. I'll be working with FAA to make sure the certification of our a product goes on smoothly and I make sure that all the all the requirements of FAA are being met. And I also work with different engineering teams, whether it's mechanical engineering, structural engineering, aerodynamics engineering, and m- making sure that the project as a whole is being considered and is being is being worked towards in a way that it's happening within the budget and scope of the project, but it's also happening with the way the customer requirements are being met. So I would look at myself as a looking, you know, working a project completely with this holistic view in mind 
And that's, that's predominantly what I do as a aerospace engineer, I would say for one half of the day, eight hours during my work. And then in the evenings, I usually set up my day with mentoring, like you mentioned. And that is usually my most satisfactory part of the day because I interact with students, I interact with other organizations, I learn about new technologies because to be a mentor, it's not only about you teaching someone, but it's also you learning from them because to be a good mentor, you need to learn a lot to be updated with the latest trends and technology so that you can provide updated you know, information to your mentees. So my, you know, a day in my life would go my, my professional job and then my, my side job, I would say, or the job which gives me most satisfaction, which is uh, mentoring students. Great, great. And as I'm just listening to you, I'm getting this in both the half of your professional life and something which you love to do. In, in both of these aspects, there is this one uh, common element, which is the aviation industry. Absolutely. And uh, obviously, aircrafts is something which drives this industry 24 into 7, 365 days a week. So we always have a passion to our field of expertise or the field in which we are working. So my sort of question to you is, and I'm sure our uh, you know listeners will have the same thing, as to what fascinates you more about aircraft? You know, what was that moment in your life where you thought, oh, this is the field which I need to marry to. And this is the field uh, which I would live with, with the rest of my life. Absolutely. So my fascination for this industry started in seventh grade when I had my first experience on a flight going from uh, India to Singapore. And I was just blown away with just the whole experience of you being you know, 40,000 feet high in the air and things just happen like on ground with you know you getting your food and everything and aircraft and you wouldn't you don't even know that the aircraft is going through you know Mach 0.9 and you don't feel anything inside and there you are two or two three hours later in some other land and so that was my but the biggest fascination came when I was taken to a, a NASA exhibition in Singapore and I sat through my first flight simulation experience, a 4D experience where they make you sit in some kind of a cabin and then you have a visual on and you just, I don't know, it still gives me goosebumps today when I think about, you know, what I went through in my seventh grade. And just right that day, you know, I made, you know, I was like, okay, here's what I am going to do in my life. Combine that with a viewing of uh, the movie Top Gun. And then it just like, okay, here's what I am going to do in, in my life, uh, being in the aerospace industry. Once you had that, uh, you know, I had a big thing about, because aerospace is, you know, you, you, you can also talk about the space industry with rockets and, and, and you know, that kind of a, a fascination. And the aeronautical industry, we're working with aircraft and working on the aircraft side. So I was, I, I'm fascinated towards both, where in my mentorship, I keep, you know, I work with the, uh, like the space related organizations and I keep myself updated with that. And so that I can quench my thirst on the space side of the industry. 
And then uh, where I work for is, is the aer aeronautical industry where I work with aircraft. The thing that, you know, which kept my fascination going is while I, while I was studying aeronaut, aerospace engineering, uh, a friend of mine called me for a ride on a Cessna where I was the co-pilot. And looking at the sun from you know, an altitude, looking at a rain from altitude, you, know, you experience rain on the ground, but then when you see rain clouds and how rain occurs from the clouds itself or from above the clouds itself, is just a, you know, I can't explain that in words, the beauty of it. Uh, so, you know, it, every time I'm up in the air with a friend of mine on, on, the, on the pilot seat, just looking at the world from top, you are on top, right? So that this just keeps my fascination going. And every time, you know, even now when an aircraft just flies over, I can't help myself from just looking up and, and and thinking about my first journey in a flight and, and what I do and how thankful I am to be in this industry and be fascinated in this industry. This just keeps my fascination going, right? And my first job was working at Boeing and you would have hundreds of aircraft parked with different liveries and different, you know, uh, supply for different customers. And every day I would pass through this parking lot just to see hundreds of aircraft parked and taking on and, you know, taking off and landing. And it was just a fantastic sight to be in. And that's one side of the industry. The other side, you know, I was also fortunate enough to work close to a military base where you see fighter jets taking off and doing all kinds of aerobatic things in the air just because they can. And I can't help myself than being just fascinated with, with this industry and what they do. And I'm very thankful to be in this industry and this keeps my fascination going. You know, I can still feel goosebumps. <laughs> Right, right. So it's all in the joy of flying and feeling that you are airborne. And, yes. and it's a very common saying in our industry is that for the rest of the people, they say sky is the limit. But for people who love aviation, that is where our home is. Absolutely. And it makes for a connected world, right? You may be in different parts of the world, but then when you think about it, you're just a few hours away. And aviation makes it happen. So uh, when we look at aviation industry from a general perspective, you know, or as you were mentioning the movie Top Gun, and in general, uh, when people think about aviation industry, they think about, uh, you know, two important characters, okay, or two important job roles, I should call them as one being um, pilots, and second one being cabin crews. So you see them across Instagram stories flying from one part of the planet Earth to the other part and those cockpit screenshots which they take and then it all goes viral. Um, but there is also an army of experts who are working behind the scenes 24 into seven to run this beautiful world of aviation industry. So can you sort of talk us through as to what are the different job roles apart from these pilot and cabin crew roles which are out there? Absolutely, right? Right. You, they get all the credits in a, in, a, in a photo. You have a cool pilot with his uniform and their aviator glasses on and they get all the, all the media credits and things like that. But you're right, they, that is a big 
army of engineering and, and other job roles which make an aircraft happen, which make a pilot feel safe in what they're flying. Absolutely. And so some of those aircraft roles or engineering roles that make it happen, you know, we talk about avionics engineering, we can talk about aerodynamics engineering, uh, structural engineering, mechanical engineering, quality engineering, human factors engineering to make sure, you know, the pilots feel safe within a cockpit and they're given enough training and user experience, flight simulation, that's human factors experience, that's human factors engineering playing a huge role. Uh, or when you even talk about putting the aircraft together, right, you need tools. Tooling engineering is also a big, you know, is also a big industry that a lot of people don't talk about. Software engineering these days, you know, with uh, everything's going software. And so, you know, having that experience in software engineering or data science is getting huge these days. Uh, mechatronics, which is a combination between mechanical and electronics engineering is, is huge. Um, and then you can talk about certification engineering where, hey, you need to certify this aircraft to make sure it's airworthy and it's following all the regulations. So certification engineering is huge. Manufacturing engineering. Um, and people always talk about how to make it, how to make an aircraft light and things like that these days. So materials engineering, composite engineering is huge these days. So, you know, if you think about it on the, just on the engineering side with there's just so much of engineering roles that you know people can study and wish to be a part of the aviation industry. It's not just you being an aerospace engineer and an aviation engineer. You can still study for other engineering roles and still be a part of the aviation industry or the aeronautical industry or the aerospace industry and provide a huge contribution. Right. And then and then there are some things, other things that, you know, which are probably not engineering. But then if you think about it, documentation, technical publications is a, is a huge role to play. Interior design. People don't think about interior design, but these days interior design, because that's where customers interface with the aircraft. Right. So interior design is huge. Uh, cabinet making, woodworking and upholstery, leather making and things like that is also, there is a huge things to play. And like you mentioned, maintenance is a huge thing that we can talk about. And people who sell these aircraft, right? Sales, marketing, accounting. So all of this puts together makes this industry happen. And uh, you are absolutely right that instead of, in, instead of just thinking about pilots and cabin crew, of course, that's the, those are the face of the aircraft itself or, or face of the company or an OEM for the customer, absolutely. But there are so much happening in the scenes and, and, which, and all of it together makes it what industry going and, and it's, it's beautiful how everything comes together in this industry. Right. So there is this plethora of uh, engineering job roles which are available out there, which you talked us through. So right from systems to maintenance to software to manufacturing and so on and so forth. But the, the thing is, uh, whenever you think from a student side, the, the second question 
which comes to every student mind is let's say if i do this x engineering or y engineering what kind of job opportunities which i'm going to get in this aviation industry if i become let's say an aerospace engineer or an aircraft maintenance engineer or an aircraft maintenance technician to that regards what kind of job opportunities i'm looking at if i end up you know doing a course on one what is what are the job opportunities out there so depending on like what your passion is right like so I, my passion is to be in be amongst this aviation industry but you have sub passions right so you, even though your passion can be in being in the aerospace industry you can be you can contribute to the industry because you may be fascinated by creating software so you can be a software engineer you may be fascinated with human system interaction which is a huge thing that you know these days with you are a, a ux designer a ui designer on how is that this works so you can be that electrical engineering electronics engineer because these days when you see a traditional cockpit going from all kinds of switches to touch screens and and pilotless systems and autopilots and things like that that's where the future is taking us then you would have to have that kind of you know if you have expertise in electronics engineering different kinds of avionics engineering software engineers these are all kinds of engineers which are taking on a different kind of role when when you go from a traditional cockpit or a traditional aircraft to a future aircraft which you don't have a pilot things are just different with working virtual reality and stuff these days that they talk about where pilots are wearing some virtual reality goggles and whatever a cockpit display used to do now your glasses virtual reality glasses does right so it's absolutely amazing how the industry is transitioning and it's one of the best times to be in this industry to witness this transition from traditional to future right so when you think about it you have those kinds of opportunities where if you are fascinated by virtual reality come into it with that experience but you can still work for the aerospace industry and evis which is electrical wiring and interconnection systems these days with things going more from a mechanical thing mechanical based uh, aircraft to an electrical and software based aircraft electrical wiring interconnection systems is having a huge play huge part to play in this industry so if you like electrical engineering and if you want your specialty be in evis you can get into that the other thing with the trend going from a traditional aircraft to an future aircraft with all kinds of fascinating technologies is certification how is certification changing from certifying a traditional aircraft to an aircraft which just works on software and and electricity uh, or hydrogen and and things like or a nuclear reaction and things like that right so certification should also completely change and the beauty of this is with all of this changing education academies or educational you know the way education is taught should also change to be, to cater towards the future because there is you know i attend some webinars where experts were talking about a dearth on avionics technicians or maintenance technicians who if if they are not trained properly they cannot work on a, a next generation aircraft right so the training should also change accordingly so when we talk about a job opportunity now versus a job opportunity later 
some of the jobs which are now of course are going to be in the future but how it is done is going to be different so educational institutions should change their curriculums accordingly flight simulations should change their curriculum accordingly suppliers should change their what they offer accordingly so as and when you keep yourself updated with what is the aviation industry going towards the job opportunities also change right there is no way that artificial intelligence and, and when people talk about ai and machine learning taking the traditional job i don't think it's going to take their jobs away it's just going to make them work differently and so you need to be updated with what it is and take training programs like you mentioned on how to keep one still valid in a future market and take training and certification programs accordingly and and even like you know the organizations like like your organization should make sure that next generation kind of courses are given to make sure that even your organization keeps adding value like it is doing right now and and keeps going in the future right absolutely right so i think i i totally agree with what you have said out here is that uh, as the technology is getting updated day by day we as an individual um someone who wants to join the industry or already is in the industry needs to constantly keep them updated as well yes. because if we don't catch up uh, you know we will ourselves become obsolete it's it's very important these days especially to deviate from the regular thought process of i did a degree and i can work in this industry for 30 years i think those days are gone now where every 5 years or every year these days technologies are changing so one continues one has to continue to be a student and keep updating themselves to still keep relevant in this industry going forward you are absolutely right in that right i'm talking about you know the importance of how the transition is taking place from men to sort of machine you know can you sort of talk us through how the uh, you know men and machine uh, relationship is evolving in the field of aviation because let me sort of uh, tell you from an example so the aircrafts which were there in the 1970s let's say boeing 707 it had a, a four crew member so you have the navigator the flight engineer along with your set of pilots now you know job roles like navigator and a flight engineers we don't see anywhere them close to the cockpit while the aircraft is flying so what what is that is changing in this uh, you know men and machine relation in aviation industry absolutely so you know with the next generation of aircraft coming in or even with you know when we deviate from a boeing 707 to a 787 or uh, an airbus 321 neo they were they you're already moving from a traditional mechanical based aircraft to an electric based or a hybrid based aircraft and that's where the you people are talking about hydrogen based aircraft these days uh, you know with companies going that way so uh, you know when we move from mechanical based to reducing mechanical processes in the aircraft to make the aircraft more lighter or to make the aircraft better with the new gen- next generation of technologies human factors and how humans interact with an aircraft is absolutely important just giving you a a, a common example 
even though ATMs would have come, you still know a lot of people who would go to the bank to deposit their checks and with a bank teller and because that's how they feel comfortable talking human to human rather than just, you know, clicking a photo of their check and there you go. Your money is already there, you know, and I don't know how many people even use checks these days, right? So when technology is evolving, we also have to think about are humans comfortable with no pilot in the cockpit? In case emergency situation happens, is humanity ready to be like, oh man, like there is no pilot in the cockpit. What happens if an emergency happened? Would I die right here? So everything at the end of the day, the OE, like the aircraft equipment manufacturer can come up with all kinds of technology, but if humans as customers are not ready to use their aircraft without a pilot, then they're not going anywhere, right? You're not going to sell anything at this point. So there is a big portion of human interaction with the system, which is absolutely important. Right. When you think about, you know, when I used to work for Gulfstream Aerospace, you know, I saw the evolution from a cockpit having all kinds of switches to suddenly when I go into a G500, G600 or G700, all you see is five touchscreens. No switches anywhere, nothing. And you have just touchscreens all over the place. And even, you know, for an engineer like myself, it took some time to understand what is this touchscreen doing? How am I interacting with it? And things like that, right? So when you go from that, yeah, and so that's, I'm not even a pilot. So imagine a pilot who has to go through from an aged pilot, right? That have been in the piloting industry for 50 years or 40 years. And now they suddenly have to adapt from traditional switches to touchscreens. And of course, you know, they are going to be completely wary and they're gonna doubt the system completely on what is this? Like how, how, like, how do I, and this doesn't give me anything, right? When, when you touch a screen, if the, if the screen gives you some tactical response that you have indeed touched it, it is something. But then when you just touch a screen and it doesn't give you any kind of response, then you don't know if you pressed it, if you don't know what is happening, right? So that confidence in a system, con trust in automation, confidence in a system, you know, that's, that's very important to be understood. And also if the system is going to take most of your responsibilities and you're not doing anything at this point, then that takes away job satisfaction from you because you are proud to fly this aircraft and you are doing all of these things. Now, when you don't do much of it, when the aircraft is doing it, job satisfaction also becomes a big thing or being bored in what you do is also a big thing, right? So when you think, when you think about it from this perspective, Yes, it is beautiful what kind of technologies are happening, but then it's also very important to make sure that there is a human in this loop using this system. There is a human machine interaction and we need to absolutely make sure when a design is being done, you incorporate the pilots in the entire design journey so that when they go into the simulator, they are completely aware of what has gone what has gone through. You know, I'll give you an example with the Elon Musk's Crew Dragon module. Okay. The, entire, the entire design with complete touchscreens and stuff, 
the astronauts were involved right from day one to the nth day or the day with which this was released. So this is how it has to be where you need to make sure the human is interact the human is interacting as and when this technology is also being developed because we as humans need to be careful or comfortable with what we are doing. And the other one is when you come to user interface this is not the pilots where but the customers are getting user or interfacing with the system now you also need to make sure that the customers are being comfortable with what it is that they are using right so when we and you, you go from a traditional in flight entertainment back i don't know 10 15 years ago but then now when you go sit in the cabin you have a screen right in front of you and it's like like an ipad you can do anything with it you can watch movies stream movies and so all of that has a big value in how humans interact with the system and then now when i talk about but everything that i've spoken about is customer facing when you think about what this means to the back end like where how engineers are developing these how certification people are developing these it just needs a whole new plethora of courses that educational institutions has to bring in training that design engineers have to go through training that certification engineers have to go through right because at some point they had when you press a switch this happened and here are your wires and certification engineers were going to do something now when you're talking about no wires and it's just some software you know doing some embedded chips doing the work they get they, i i go through this where it's like how am i certifying this what is when you go from hardware software to combine it together to create a thing called firmware and everything just happens within a chip they get confused on what am i certifying and you don't go through a good certification process right so there is a part of human system interaction on the customer facing end but then there is so much on the back end on design engineers coming up with these systems training which is huge training labs certification engineers being able to certify this quality inspectors being what am i what is quality here so every the definition of what you do is also changing and all of that needs to be taken into consideration when we go from a traditional aircraft to a future aircraft to make sure that everyone's comfortable doing what they do right a maintenance technician may be just happy with putting in an avionics box there and and configuring something versus putting in a chip there or whatever it is right so everyone's job role is changing at this point and how every person irrespective of job you do interacting with their part of the system is absolutely changing you're right and and we need to make sure that curriculums and certifications and trainings and simulators all have to change in a way that this new technology is being possible and being comfortable transition as well you have you have rightly said this that the transfer which is happening from you know human being at the core decision making of systems around it to now a place where systems are actually or or there is a notion which is out there in people's mind that systems will be driving systems 
you know, how human will still be a part of it, uh, particularly during those critical decision-making phases of landings and takeoff is something which is important to sort of look into. And, and to all our listeners as well, it is important that while you sort of, you know, look into the aviation industry, you have to keep these points in mind where if you are looking at designing a system, uh, the, the system is, is the heart but the human is still the soul of it. The, the combination of men and machines still going forward, despite of a lot of technology coming in and, you know, changing the entire scenario that that still has to be there. Right. Absolutely. You know, that's why I mentioned this view called holistic view. You know, when you think about holistic systems thinking, humans are always going to be at the core of it because Machines are not going to be consuming machines. Humans are going to be interacting with the machines or humans are going to be creating a system which interacts with humans or machines anyway. So we need to make sure that humans are always, they are going to be in the loop, you know, and and that view of systems taking on and things like that. To me, that's too far-fetched because somebody has to be creating that system and that human brain. And finally, we need to be consuming it. So humans are always going to be in the center of, of everything. And we need to make sure we design and train everyone in a way that they not only consider technical side of systems, but they also consider the human side of systems as well. So Arjun, in, in the, all the talks, what we are having, you know, what are the, uh, you know, key points which our listeners can, uh, you know, sort of take if they want to become an aerospace engineer? Like what are the key ingredients which they should uh, sort of have in them or develop in them to become an aerospace engineer? First off, I would start off with good education. Um, make sure that you are educated in a way that you are your qualities are marketable or valid now also later so you know you can go through a traditional educational system make yourself completely solid in what it is that you know you want to do whether it's whether it's in school you know being with maths physics uh, chemistry uh, you know i'm just talking about the engineering roles i'm sure you know there are other roles going forward and then when you come to the uh, school, make sure that even though my my job, my passion is to be in the aerodynamics world, but still make sure that you learn about everything else as well, uh, because you have to interact with everyone else and you need to be understanding their job roles as well. So solid education and a continuing education is very important. Just because you have a master's or just because you have a bachelor's doesn't mean that you are going to be valid or relevant later. So keep making sure that you go through certification programs and you get updated with the latest trends and technologies so that quench that thirst of knowledge has to continue to be there going forward. The other one I would say is to make sure that you become hands-on with, you know, uh, with what you do. Go to maker spaces or start getting your hands dirty with how systems work, how things work. And again, to, you know, have that knowledge about when you break through this chip, how chips work together, how, how does this system work together? How does a SATCOM antenna work? Make sure that you get hands-on experience in a lot of things because 
theory can only do so much until you go hands on you don't know the nuances of how to apply that theory so it's very important to get hands on create like develop codes program codes if you are into software and programming and making sure things happens it's another way of being hands on so i would i would do those another one is i would also take people as mentors in this in this field to make sure that you are always going in the right direction or you get counseling with respect to what it is is needed in the future to make yourself you know relevant in the future and what kind like how do you shape your career right so some kind of a mentor who's already done that make sure that you talk and network to people these days networking is huge in this context to make sure you are you are updated with the latest trends and technologies and the other one which is important is no one wants to uh, it doesn't matter how technically sound you are no one would want to work with a not if you are not a good person right so on the side make sure that you also develop interpersonal skills leadership skills communication skills because at the end of the day you will be working with someone else or your boss and you need to be making sure that you have the right qualities in you to be a good person and to be a good um employee or a good leader anything it may be so don't only focus on the technical side of everything also focus on yourself to be a good person to be a good communicator to be a good leader and start developing all those interpersonal or soft skills like they would say and and make sure uh i think with these this is what you know i would say with respect to equipping yourself for the future uh as long as you are always the student of the industry you are going to keep learning and you will do wonders in the world for me especially you know i'm i'm india has a special place in my heart so that having that patriotic fervor is huge for me so giving back to india in and and making sure that you know i mentor i talk with indian organizations i talk with uh you know indian aviation like in just to satisfy my patriotic fervor in a way that in some small shape or way or form i am helping i'm giving back to india so that giving back to your country or giving back to your people is always important and just make sure that as and when you grow in your career you also give that opportunity to people who are following your path and bring bring them up as well absolutely right arjun and i totally agree with every inch of it right from not only knowing what you are going to do but knowing about the entire broader scenario of the industry um second is uh, you know keeping yourself up to date you know this is something which is definitely required third is you know uh, getting the right opinion from the people who have already been there done that and uh, you know last but not the least it's all about giving back to the society as well you talk about uh, patriotism and giving back to india is what you love to do and i, and I see it every day uh, you know you you doing something or other on the linkedin and trying to help people out whether it is with a job role or whether it is with something else so so hats off to you on that talking about your patriotism uh, with uh, india i'll be definitely asking you certain tough questions on this uh, which makes me <laughs> Uh, takes to the next round which is 
which we call it as the rapid fire round with Arjun. So okay. I'll be asking you certain questions and you have to choose either or, or it cannot be both. Okay. So my, my first question to you is which one will you choose out of these two aircraft manufacturers, Boeing or Airbus? Airbus. Okay. Which airline will you choose out of this, Delta or United? Delta. Uh, I'm sure that you are scared that United will drag you off the flight. So that's why it is <laughs> Delta. Right. America or India as a country? India, any day. <laughs> That's where the patriotism comes for the country. So, so I'm, I'm, I'm equally happy for that. The next is, uh, you know, talking about a bit of uh, engineering side of thing. You know, there is this concept of a sharklet or rake wingtips. Which one would you go with uh, for the wingtip vortices? I would have to say it depends on, it depends on the aircraft there. <laughs> right so that's that's a proper system engineer which we have out here and last but not the least where uh, will we humans be colonizing first moon or mars let me say mars but my view on it is we can still make sure the earth is a better place to live and whatever it is that we can do with respect to making an earth the better place to live uh, let's do that as well right absolutely right and that is what the change is also seen in the industry that a lot of things are happening on how aviation industry can be much more environmentally sustainable yes. and how we people in our day-to-day -day lives can also be sustainable in our own ways. Everyone's responsibility to make sure we work in an environment-friendly environment way and giving back is not just a society or a nation, but we have the responsibility to give back to nature and earth as well. Absolutely right. And this is one of the initiatives which we uh, do at our Udan as well. You know, we believe in this concept of triple bottom line concept of sustainability, whereby it's not only looking at the economic side, but also social and environmental side. Um, so we, we do a lot of tree plantation initiatives as a part of our, our thing at Udan out here. So yeah, if we all do our bit, we can definitely make the world a better place to live. And hopefully we don't have to migrate to Mars for sure. Yes. <laughs> right. Sure. Thank you, Arjun, for this wonderful session and uh, enlightening our you know listeners on this careers in aerospace engineering. Thank you for your valuable time. This has been a wonderful experience, and I would also like to thank you and your team. You know, we've worked in the past together, and it has been a beautiful experience to work with your team. Just makes it makes it easy, and I'm glad that you guys have taken the initiative to educate uh, the Indian students with the industry, um, whether it's from the maintenance side or whether it's equipping them with various things that you teach. So you know, kudos to what you guys do and the best of luck to your academy and, and keep going forward and best of luck with your podcast initiatives as well. Thank you. Thank you, Arjun, for your valuable time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening patiently. We hope this podcast have added value to your time with us. With a lot of great content on the lineup, be sure that you have already followed us. For more exciting content and groundbreaking certificate programs, head over to udanaviationacademy.com. Thank you.